Not content with your content? You've come to the right place. The Discontent Show with Joe Kuzma. Every brand starts with a story. Here's how you can grow your business by sharing it. Now, with today's topic, the host of The Discontent Show, Joe Kuzma. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Discontent Show. My name is Joe Kuzma, and as always, here with tips and tricks to help with your content marketing, specifically today, for those of you who are interested in podcasting, I have a special guest. Uh, her name is Kelly Glover, and she is the CEO with the Talent Squad. Kelly has 18 years of experience working with media. She's been a celebrity interviewer, talent agent, radio host, and a podcast producer. And I'm happy to have her here today because uh, her expertise is teaching you on how to be a podcast guest and how that could benefit your brand and business. Kelly, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Thank you for having me on the show, Joe. You know, I'm going to steal a Dave Ramsey quote and say, better than I deserve, <laughs> which <laughs> is, is kind of true. But um, yeah, you know what? Why don't we tell some of our listeners a little bit? I, I gave a little bit of your background here, just a synopsis, but tell us a little bit about yourself and the Talent Squad. Sure. So the Talent Squad is a podcasting agency and we book podcast tours for entrepreneurs. So you might notice by my accent, I am Australian, but I actually went to college in Ohio, Ohio University, and did my internships in Hollywood in Los Angeles. So I was an entertainment reporter doing all the celebrity interviews on the red carpet, worked for Miramax, worked for a talent agency, and then ended up as a radio announcer. So I hosted a syndicated show. Now all this was before Facebook, before Google Maps, before podcasts. Podcasts were invented and now I work in podcasting. So it's a testament to you can end up in a career doing something that isn't even invented yet, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the way my career path has gone too. I went from like IT to web developer and, you know, a lot of people, uh, some people don't even have websites these days. They they might, if they have like a, let's say a food service business, they have like a Yelp page at the best, you know what I mean? Or, or a Facebook page or something like that. So I found myself in content marketing and social media based on my background. I also went to uh, college in Ohio as well, but a little further north than well, you did. I was at Youngstown yeah. State University. So yes, uh, but I, I know. Am... Yeah, <laughs> I, I know Ohio. I know Youngstown. Yes. So I was a penguin. You're a bobcat. A small... Bobcat. Yeah. Not many people know. They're like, oh, Buckeyes. I'm like, no, no, bobcat. That's down the other the road. one. Down the road. <laughs> Not the, the Ohio one. State University. Yeah, a little down. Oh, the road. <laughs> wait, wait. Yes, Don't yes. even get me started with okay. the. <laughs> Not a problem, but yeah, uh, you know, it's it's part of the thing here and. And, you know, I speak to a lot of, I, I speak to anyone that's in a variety of different business sizes from small to large. This could be a side hustle hobby or something they're genuinely interested in doing for a career. So it's interesting you mentioned podcasting and, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, it didn't exist. And a lot of people kind of like the word blog. I mean, people think it's like a dirty word. They may not understand it, um, you know, and I know you really focus on podcast interviews, but tell us a little bit before we get into that. I don't know if I want to go as far as to say what is podcasting, but podcasting is something that's becoming very popular. And there are various many reasons for that because it's on demand, it's on the go. It's kind of like 
you know, almost like a, a Netflix sort of thing without a real subscription payment to it for most of them that you could just pick up and go and listen to, you know, on-demand radio programs is essentially the way I would describe it to someone. Is that kind of like the way you feel like with podcasts and um uh, how do I want to say this? Where, where do you see podcasts going? You know, from from this point forward, and how can, how do you best describe podcasts to someone that may not even may have never even heard the word before? Okay, so yeah, there's a few things in that, Joe. I started oh, yes. podcasting in 2007, so we're recording this in 2020. So that's 13 years ago. When I started, it was pulling my radio show off the logger after it had been aired, taking out the music, taking out commercials. That was a podcast. Back then, people thought of podcasting as a guy under a blanket in his basement talking to his friends about video games for three hours just amongst themselves. It has come a lot, which is fine, but it's come a long way since then. And now I think everybody knows the word podcasting and it's common to listen to it. And it's gone from amateur into a professionalization where I see people on the evening news say, hey, by the way, I've got a podcast. So it's definitely gone into the mainstream now. And you're right. It's all about niche. So while you're watching TV, flipping through, looking at all the the channels, that's broad. So I can watch a show with my mum, with my niece. But in podcasting, I might listen to a show and it's so like it could be on escalators. It could be on succulents. It could be on podcasting. It could be on, it's so niche. So it's really narrow cast on demand is the way to think about it. And you cannot, you and I, we're not going to be on the evening news. They pick two people in a city and, and that's it. But a podcast, the barrier to entry is low and anybody can start and produce it themselves, get a podcast up and running in a day and anyone in the world can listen to it. You don't have to be in Athens, Ohio to watch that news report or to listen, well, to the news report you do, but to listen to the podcast, you could be in Sydney, Australia or where I am now in, in Los Angeles and I can listen to that at 2 a.m. in the morning in two years' time. So that's the beauty of podcasting. It's narrow, it's niche, it's on demand, it's evergreen, and it's accessible. Well, hopefully mostly evergreen, unless you cover sports stuff, which I've I've done some journalism or, you know, things of that nature, news and stuff like that, maybe not as evergreen, but it all depends. Like an interview like this, absolutely. Somebody could be listening to this. You mentioned 2020, they could be listening to this two years from now, and a lot of the information would still be relevant. Uh, but, you know, for some people that are – a little leery still, you know, I, I say I say this a lot on this uh, program. I say, hey, don't worry about, be good, not great. Because if you like obsess and overthink about doing some things, you're just never going to, you're never going to get it done. You know, it's almost the Nike slogan, uh, just do it. And you could easily, like you said, the, the barriers to entry, you don't have to find a terrestrial uh, radio station in order to, you know, find a spot at two in the morning and record to only like a narrow base of people that are within a certain geographic region kind of like how you said like maybe the maybe a news station um so this is something that can be worldwide it could be global and it's on demand which is great but i know there are some people that are out there that are still thinking this is too much for me to do you know what do i buy a microphone do i do all this uh you pretty much focus on taking someone uh and having them be a guest on another podcast correct it, it, that's yeah, what your focus so, is so we equate it to you can either throw the party or you can be a guest at somebody else's party. And if you think you might want to start your own podcast, there are a lot of moving parts. It is a lot of busy work and it's, you know, it's a, a marathon, not a sprint. So if you're not ready for that, what you can do is go on a podcast tour and guest on other people's shows 
before you launch your own or you may never want to launch your own. I don't have my own podcast. I go on other people's shows. <laughs> and that way you're reaching their audience, which is already niche, established and curated. You get a warm introduction to the host, but it still helps with your authority, credibility, reputation and influence. And so what you can do, every show you go on is different. So you can observe how that host is doing it. What's their workflow? How's it going? And if you go on 10, 15, 20 podcasts and then you still decide, you've got best practices from all those shows that you've been across. So it's learning from other people, but also instead of starting from scratch and um, nurturing your own audience, you can leverage other people's audiences. And if you do have a show, guess what? You've been on those 12 shows or whatever. Um, you've already got a list of 12 people that you can invite on your show that has their own audience for cross-promotion. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, pretty much kind of widening that circle. Of, I'd say a circle of friends, but it's your network. You know what I mean? And so and that helps you out too because if they have an audience and it's likewise, it's in that same niche, You can it's like overlapping circles. And then you could draw with your finger a big circle around all of that. And that, in theory, could be your audience or at least your reach. So... Uh, this is something that that you help people. You help people find shows that they can be guests on, uh, correct? Yeah, we work in a number of ways. So we have a select group of clients that we work with and we book them on podcast tours. So 12 is an easy number to work with. Um, there's agencies and they'll do four a month. So you can either hire an agency like us, the Talent Squad. You can pitch and book yourself. You can get a virtual assistant to do it or you can get a team member to do it. They're pretty much the common ways of doing it. But I would suggest that getting yourself booked on podcasts is about step four or five. So before you even do that, you have to ask yourself, who am I talking to? What do I want them to do as a result of hearing me on the show? And then uh, make sure you've got your messaging and talking points ready along with your one sheet and press kit. Because yes, you can send an email, but unless the subject line is right, the pitch is right, you've got all the assets right, it will actually damage your brand. And you don't want to go and send, hi, insert host name. I loved episode 431. That was amazing. And here's all the great stuff about me. I want to come on your show because that's not (laughs) going to work. And you'll put a lot of time into that. Like it takes time. And if if you're putting in the time, you want to make sure that it's beneficial because it's not one for one. You don't send one pitch and get one yes. You can often spend dozens, dozens of pitches to get a yes. So it's a lot of, a lot of work and. Even sending a pitch is part of personal branding and you don't want to get it wrong because that will damage your personal brand. So there's the preparation, there's the pitch, there's getting the yes, then it's the interview prep, going on the show and then, of course, nailing the interview. Um, And then after that, it's when it goes live, you need to promote leverage and repurpose. So it's more than just I want to get on a podcast. It's a full strategy. But if you do all those things right, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, that was, you know, that's my next question I was going to ask for those who are thinking, well, why should I be on a podcast? Why would I want someone to interview me? Can you speak to some of those benefits of being, uh, you know, interviewed on a podcast? Yeah, so it helps your personal branding. Most shows have show notes so that it helps with your SEO. It gives link back. So when people are searching, they may actually find you through a podcast and not your website. It's what we said about um, amplifying your message. But the message, the amplification is only as good as the messages. And that goes back to the prep of if your message isn't great, if it's not consistent across platforms, that'll be a problem. So you need to make sure you have all your messaging, your talking points, your sound bikes, your hooks. Um, It's a way to communicate your expertise. So it's credibility, reputation, 
it actually really is influence. We use the word influencer these days, but I only think that is if somebody actually takes action to do something that you've really had influence. Uh, it strengthens your personal brand and a benefit is it's one-to-one. It's um, So it's a one-to-one high-end networking with the host, but also the audience is just me and them right now and me, them and you right now uh, as opposed to in a room full of, 100 people for 20 minutes which is Mm -hmm. fine everybody loves speaking it's amazing so another benefit is podcasting is essentially a speaking gig you can do without leaving the house so there's no travel there's no conference tickets there's no time away from your kids if you have an awesome conference spot at two o'clock on a tuesday the only people that are going to hear that are the people that happen to be in that city at two o'clock on a tuesday maybe it's 500 people great but if you do that podcast Anyone can listen to this anytime from now on for the next X amount of years that you leave it up. So I would say that access to those niche established and curated audiences is pretty big. Um, and the audience is engaged. If like we all go through social, I'll scroll through Instagram, I'll scroll through Facebook, I'll read a pod, I'll read an article, I might watch a video for, for a few minutes. But with podcasting, it's something I'm looking for or I already know the host. And if it's the host, it's a warm introduction. It's like, oh, well, Joe knows Kelly. He chose her to be on the show. She must be all right because he says she's all right. I'll give it a listen. Um, well, I was so hoping so anyway. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if a host only has 52 spots a year, they've only got 52 yeses that yes, they can give out. That's correct. So really, it is quite competitive to be one of those 52 spots. Um, and the other benefit of podcasting, it's 30 to 60 minutes, Joe. I, and people look at it as an entirety. So I'm in the middle of a podcast. You don't say I'm in the middle of a blog article. You don't say I'm in the middle of a YouTube video. You watch it and you finish it and you move on. Mm-hmm. But with podcast, I might listen to it on the way to my co-working space and then I'll listen to the rest of it later. So that's 30 to 60 minutes. And you can tell by my voice, you love me or you hate me. <laughs> you, think I, you think I know what I'm talking about or you think I'm full of it. Absolutely. Either way, it's a win for both of us because you like me or you dislike me and we're not going to waste each other's time and you're either going to want to go on another date with me. I'm not asking you to marry me on the <laughs> on the first listen, but you'll either like, yeah, I want to hear more or no, I don't. You'll move on and find someone that suits you. And yeah. you can really get that from someone's voice. Are they genuine? Are they excited? You, you, you can't get that from writing. Um, so that's a benefit. And then there's personal benefits of, it's helping your media experience. It helps you refine your message. You'll know what hits. You'll know what doesn't. You'll know what people like, what they don't like. So it's helping you in your media from here on out because every interview you're getting better and better and better and refining and refining and refining. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if you have someone that uh, produces these programs, somebody, you know, with, you know, professionally, uh, not just recording it, you know, uh, willy-nilly, I would say, you don't have to even worry about I, I deal with a lot of people where, you know, we have interviews or I help record and produce other shows, and they're so concerned about being nervous, you know what I mean? And it's like there's – at first, some people, they might be, but there's usually ways they could go in and I could trim out some dead space or if they blank out or anything like that. So uh, if you're dealing with somebody reputable in that aspect, too, you don't have to worry about, oh, am I going to look like, am, am I going to look foolish? Am I going to sound foolish on here? And I, I like how you did bring up, uh, especially when you're dealing with like articles and blogs, as much as I love to write, I'm a very creative writer. It's one of my strengths. I understand that, you know, with podcasts, people will 
listen to far more audio content. That's why audiobooks are so big right now too. Then they will then they'll read. People tend to skim. You said, you know, scrolling through social media and you don't get that interpersonal kind of back and forth just like we have right here. Uh, but another thing too that I like that you brought up and this leads into the kind of the next topic here is podcast interviews aren't they're just not about how many downloads do you have, how many listens do you have, how many views do you have. Because when you're in a, in a specific niche, like you said, if you're somewhere on Tuesday at 2 o'clock and you have a room for, full of 500 people, those are 500 people that are engaged and interested in your specific topic. Well, some people may get discouraged if they only have 500 listens, let's say, on, on a specific podcast. But then again, those are 500 people who are – you know, they're interested in what you have to say specifically. Uh, that also has to probably go, go hand in hand with who you hook people up with for interviews, too. Because if I'm talking about, oh, let's say painting, you're not going to put me on a baseball uh, podcast as a, as a guest, unless I'm painting baseball players, and then it kind of relates back and forth. So, you know, it, it's something there, too, where it has to relate. But uh, tell me a little bit about your thoughts. I kind of inserted some of my own thoughts there, but. But, uh, you know, talk about, you know, why podcast interviews aren't about maybe the most downloads or views. Everything you said, yes. <laughs> Everything you said, yes. So, yeah, and especially about the 500. People will be like, I want to be on the Tim Ferriss show or nothing. I want to be on Vaynerchuk or I'm not doing it. Oh, and that's broad. And <laughs> yes. that's for everybody. And like you said, would you travel to um, Columbus, Ohio to be in a room of 500 people? Yeah, you would. So I don't know why people say, well, I'm going on Tim Ferriss or nothing and a, a podcast with 500 downloads an episode isn't good enough because if they are your ideal client, they're actually great. And depending on what your product is, everyone has a course, 497, 997, whatever. All you need is one person to buy that course because the downloads when people are like, if people are looking for a CPM, that's like cost per thousand listens, it's usually 25 bucks mm -hmm. if they want to make money from a podcast, which I know that's not guesting, but it's just a bit of perspective you have to have a thousand listens to make a hundred dollars so if you have 500 people and you can make 500 or a thousand dollars you're already winning with far less people listening to the show so it's not about the mass it's about the niche yes. and it's about engaged and it's about them getting to know you and it's about them listening to you on Joe's show, listening to on Kelly's show. Listen, they might listen to a few shows, read a blog post, do the thing, do the thing and then they come and they just buy off you so that's what it's about. And they want to, you want someone that likes you and knows you and is ready for a yes instead of them not being sure and trying to force them into something after one episode. So I think that's a mistake people make is I want to go on a podcast and I want them to buy the thing after listening to one episode. It doesn't work that way. Podcast is earned media. It's not an advertisement. It's not a commercial. So thinking about it that way and thinking about giving, it's all about giving and showing your expertise and letting people know what you know and teaching. It's not, it's not a commercial. So if that's what you're after, then I would think this may not be the strategy for you and have a little bit of a think about um, where you want to spend your time, effort, and dollars. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you kind of went into the return on investment there as well. Uh, we spoke about building your brand. You were talking about CPMs. So, you know, we kind of already got into that. So I guess I'll jump into, you know, my last question for you is, you know, what what might someone want to do if they want to get started being a podcast guest? What are the first steps? 
Yeah. So I think I want to be on a podcast, like we said, is about step four. So let's go all the way back to step one. And what you need to do is be really self-aware and do a self-audit. Okay. What do I look like online? What do my pictures look like? What's my messaging look like? Is it consistent everywhere? If I was a producer and went back and cross-checked and verified, what are they seeing? Would I book myself as a guest on a show? If the answer is no, that's fine. Just go and like do a little tweaks on a few things things you've already got bits and pieces of your platform but make it really solid and consistent across and then think what are my expertise what are my frequently asked questions that people ask me the most because and you need to break that down into talking points because a topic won't get you booked you can't say I'm an entrepreneur I'm never going to book that I I was a producer for a podcasting network produced mid six-figure shows millions of downloads for 12 episodes and if someone pitched me saying I'm an entrepreneur, I'm awesome, I want to talk about entrepreneurship, that's a hard no. (laughs) So you need to, because it's so generalist, that's not teaching me anything, that's not giving me any story, that's not showing any benefit to my audience. So think like a producer and if if it was um, five mistakes you made and how to, you know what I mean, like think about all those hooky headlines that you get. But at the Talent Squad we call it clickbait that actually delivers and clickbait is a dirty word but the key is delivers. Yes. So you know that thing you scroll through and you're like, oh, then you have to, you're like, I have to know and you scroll back up and then you click it (laughs) but then you feel let down. You want that, oh, I have to know, click it but when you click it needs to be like boom and you feel like you've gotten the payoff and the reward and it's amazing and it was so worth it. That's what you're looking for. So if you can't see your subject line or your talking points in an email and want to click it yourself, then you probably need to rethink. So it's coming up with a collection of topics and talking points. And you make no mistake, podcasts, yes, they are considered um, self-published and it's most people that have a business, but it's still media. So treat it like media and treat it like you're going on the Today Show and that will up-level you to the host, the producer, and the assistance, and it will just make you a better guest. I had actually mentioned earlier the the be good, not great, but I also another big thing that ties into that is consistency. And I like how you just mentioned, take a look at what you have as far as if you have any kind of marketing materials, particularly anyone that's going to look for you is going to look online these days. We're no longer, Absolutely. yeah, we're no longer, you know, the yellow page phone book where you name your business one, two, three, ABC, and you're the first listing and somebody just picks up the phone. doesn't work like that anymore. So make sure everything looks clean, looks professional. And, and like I said, sometimes, you know, don't overthink these things. You don't have to, they don't have to be necessarily great for what you're thinking. Your expectations of yourself are always, you know, you're always going to place yourself higher on a higher level than others might see you. So as long as you're thinking on the good level, uh, more than likely it's going to be good enough unless you have a really low bar set and then, you know, you may need some help. But ask some other people what they may think too. I'm sure if you're even thinking about getting involved with this, you probably know other people within your own business network, within your own personal network that you trust that will give you a good evaluation and say, well, you know what, this looks a little weird. Or I've even had some uh, circumstances too, where I go on a website and maybe they even have like a templated website and the website looks real professional. All of a sudden I click on something and it doesn't work. You know what I mean? So those are real tiny things that could be a detriment, especially if you're shooting for the stars and trying to get on a very large program, like you were saying. And also, you know, you have to have that pitch very much narrowed down. 
I know when I received your email, actually, uh, it was it was great. I mean, it was just it was a few paragraphs. It explained who you were, what you do, some of your credentials. Uh, you had an attachment with it too, so I mean, it, it was all great. And I said, oh yeah, you know what? This is excellent. We we talked, and now we're finally here, and th- and that's how it works. So uh, Kelly, you know, um, I, I want some people to know how they could find you, how they could follow you if they're interested in. You know, any more information that you put out there or potentially even looking into hiring the talent squad? Yeah, so thetalentsquad.com. And if you go there, I've written a ton of blog articles and there's videos too. And they will break down, like you can tell, I'm pretty straight shooter. I just give the facts, you know what I mean? So that will help you decide what am I ready for? Where am I? What do I want to do? Because yeah, you can hire an agency. Yes, you can do it yourself. It just depends on where you are, what your budget is. But I really do believe podcast guesting is absolutely great for everyone, especially introverts, because you're doing it from your house or from your office. So really consider it because the time to get into podcast guesting is yesterday. So <laughs> yeah. the, ta- the, the talent squad.com. Uh, yes, uh, the talent squad. And, you know, that's great. Uh, the time to get into it was yesterday. And, and a few of the other things, too, because I was, you know, I'm always talking about some of the things you could do on your own, such as blogging, podcasting, or anything of that nature, even with social media. But when you're a guest, then you don't, you don't have, you don't have the same kind of responsibilities or overhead, whether you're producing the show yourself or hiring someone to produce your own show. Uh, and it's something where, you know, you could set aside time maybe once a month or every other month and be a guest somewhere else and that's all the more it, it takes and you know you don't have to do all of the what do you want to say the um the grunt work rolling up your sleeves and everything on your own and and really overwhelming yourself if you already have all kinds of other responsibilities and hats that you wear uh, aside from you know your your own uh career you, you may be a family person and everything else and you it's just one thing that you don't want to get too overwhelmed with and, and burn yourself out on so this is a really a really great idea to get into being a podcast guest and once again I'd like to thank you uh, Kelly Kelly Glover the CEO with the town squad for being on the show today thank you Joe it's been an absolute pleasure thanks very much no problem. And as I'd like to remind everyone as well out there, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe no matter where you're listening. And thank you for listening because, you know, I truly appreciate it, as does Kelly. Until next time, my name is Joe, and I encourage all the listeners out there to be safe, be good, and I'll catch you later. Hi, folks. This is Joe Kuzma. <laughs> no, don't worry. You're not hearing things twice. I'm just here to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening to today's show and being a follower and subscriber of the Discontent Podcast. And I want to remind you that if you're interested in more information about all the various things it is that I do, whether it be about this show, content marketing, or you want to ask a question, you may visit me at joekuzma.com. That's J-O-E-K-U-Z-M-A dot com. Or you can follow me as well on Facebook. Make sure you get the page and not the personal profile. Sorry, it's only for friends and family. Also on Twitter at Joe underscore Kuzma, LinkedIn or Instagram. Also, don't forget, if you haven't already, subscribe, whether that be on iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast provider so you don't miss out on any of the great episodes that we have. Once again, thank you again for your support. And I look forward, as always, to speaking and interacting with each of you again soon.